Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heath Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the Metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. And how many decisions you made over the course of the week that involved your finances? Whether it was you didn't have enough finances or you was trying to arrange finances or you was trying to buy some, whatever the case may be, just think about how many decisions over the past week was dealing with your finances. I mean, I mean, it's probably the majority of them. It is, it's two things that dominate our that dominate our existence, and that that's our time and that's our finances. You know, that's why I've said in the past that if you really want to know a person, you look at their calendar and their checkbook because those two things will tell you truly a whole lot about that person. Amen. So you know, see, y'all quiet already. Lord, help help your brother, help help your son, help your son. Help your son. Let's look at it like this. I, I was doing some research and I was looking at some facts because, again, you know, I just I, we talked about finances and I found this website and they had a list of little facts and I thought it was kind of interesting. And, and here's the first one. It says, do, do you have $2,200 either in cash or in assets or cash and assets together? $2,200, right? They said, if you have $2,200, then you're in the top 50% of the world's wealthiest people. $2,200. Now I know some people like, that's still a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things, that's not a lot of money. I guarantee you, if you count assets, if you got a car, you got an asset probably worth $2,200. Amen? It says if you made $1,500 last year, whether that's fixed income or not, $1,500 in a year, that means about a hundred some dollars a month. You're in the top 20% of income earners. Top 20% and only $1,500 a year. It says if you have sufficient food, decent clothes, live in a house or apartment, have a reasonable means of transportation, you are among the top 15% of the wealthiest. Yeah. Puts it in perspective, doesn't it? It says that if you earn $25,000 or more annually, you're in the top 10% of income earners. It says if you have any money saved, it didn't even put an amount. If you have any money saved, if you have a variety of clothes in your closet, and I know some of y'all can see what you come in on Sundays, amen? <laughs> if, you, if you got two cars in any condition, if you live in your own home, you are in the top 5% of the world's wealthiest. 5% now. I know we hear a lot about the 99% and the 1%ers, but, but the top 5%, now we're not talking about the top 1% because we know, but the top 5%. It 
It says if you earn more than $50,000 annually, you're in the top 1% of the world's income earners. And you know, for, for, for us, a lot of us who we aspire to this last one, if you have more than $500,000 in assets, that means you know houses, stocks, cars, bonds, whatever, you're part of the world's 1% of the richest, wealthiest in this world. What am I saying all that to say? <clears throat> we got money, y'all. We have money. Money is not the issue. Finances is not the issue. The, 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 have, having money is not the issue. Amen? Can, can y'all agree with that just from those stats? I know just about everybody sitting in this room, we can, we can at least say that we're in the top 50% of the wealthiest people. Amen? Because most of us are going back to a house when we leave here. Amen? Most of us earn more than $1,500 a year, mm -hmm. amen? Yeah. Even fixed income or not, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you bring it in a little more. To so money and finances is not the issue. It's not the issue, it's not the issue. So then what is the issue, Pastor? Why are you talking about finances? You, you, you're trying to get to something, you know, because a lot of times when, when pastors do this, that, you know, is, is they trying to have some capital campaign fund. I'm, again, I'm putting it out there. We're not trying to raise no money for nothing. You know, it's, 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 God ain't laid nothing on my heart, you know. And, you know, I'm not feeling at the end of this, take up some offering because it's the, what, July the, July the 5th, so I need a $5 offering from 50 people. Uh, it, it, we're not doing, you know, June 5th, whatever it is. I, I'm not trying to do all that. I'm ahead, ain't I? But I'm not trying to do all that. The, 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 point, the point of this series, the passion that I have for this series is, is, is to transform the way we think about money. Why, why is that? Because the way we think about money, it, it, really, it really shapes our whole existence a lot of times. Can, can we agree on that? We, we can agree on that. Now, now, the first place that we have to start on this, I know a lot of times people probably think, well, he's going to talk about finance first, but he's going to talk about his giving. No, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about giving right now. Yeah, we're going to get to it, you know. <laughs> Because that's a part of it, but but you can't even get to that point until you deal with the root cause of of what the issue is. Because the issue we see right now is not money. I don't care if you run out of more, if you have more money than you have money. If the issue still is not money. I don't care if you don't have enough to go on the vacations and and live in the places you want to do and all. The issue still is not your money. Amen. The issue is what? What's the issue? What's the issue, Pastor? What's the issue? The issue is something that they call in the biblical text an issue of stewardship, and that's where we're gonna start at today is talking about stewardship, which really this is what this whole series is about is stewardship. Stewardship is just a fancy word of how do you manage something. How do you manage what you what you have? How do you manage what you have? Can can we all agree? That based off the biblical text that it says in um I guess it, we we it says in what like in Psalms I think it is that 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 that, that all the earth is God's and the fullness thereof. Hey, have y'all heard that scripture before? That everything in the earth is God, or the earth is God, and everything in it and the fullness thereof. You know, meaning that everything in the earth is His. We can agree on that. Do we need to turn to that? 
Because I'm not just making this up. None of this I'm going to make up. reason why I'm sitting right here, because I'm, I'm sitting here like almost like a lawyer, because I'm going to show you this thing scripture by scripture so that you'll know that it ain't pastor trying to, again, get in your pockets. Really, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to give you something. I'm not trying to get something. Amen? Because what happens is that we can agree again. Can we all agree that, that, that everything in this earth is God's? Yes. Genesis 1-1 tells us what? In the beginning, what? God. God created what? The heavens and the earth. So if he created the heavens and the earth, that means everything in the, that he created is his. Amen? So we agree to that. Right? We all on the same page. Amen? Can, can I get amen? Okay, we agree that it is all God's money. Like most Christians, we agree that it all belongs to God until it's time to open the wallet. See, when it's time to open the wallet, then, then we start hemming and hawing. Then we start acting like, uh, well, I know that God created everything, but see, see, scientists have proven and they, they've discovered that the most sensitive nerve in your body is the one that runs from your heart to your wallet. That, that was a joke, y'all. The most sensitive nerve is the, is, the, is the nerve that runs from your heart to your wallet. Why? Because, see, when people start talking about money, you get fidgety. I, I can see it right now. I, I feel like I'm sitting on the firing line right now. Amen. Because, see, when you start talking about money, is a taboo thing. Especially even in the black community. We don't talk about money. I grew up in a household where money was not discussed. You didn't know how much your parents made. You didn't know how much rent was. You didn't, you didn't even know how much the grocery was. When it came time to even buy the grocery, they sent you away from the grocery line. You, you didn't know nothing about money. But why is that? that, that that's so messed up because money is the currency of life. It, it, it's the currency of life. Money is a spirit. Money is a thing that, that is a part of our life and has a oftentimes disproportionate control over our life. Money has a disproportionate control. Don't believe me? You don't believe me? Then, 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 then at, let, let me ask you to, to, to let me uh, borrow $1,000. Just that alone, even though you know I ain't even asking you, that, that started listening thoughts into your head. How you gonna ask me? I ain't got a no. I wish I, if I had it, I wouldn't give it to them. You know, it, 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 it brings up emotion. Money and emotions go, go hand in hand. They like kissing cousins, but, but they produce things that are not always, not always right, like kissing cousins, amen? But whatever your, whatever your worries are, whatever your dreams are, they're, they're, they're tied to money. I don't care if you want to travel somewhere. I don't care if you want to buy a new car. I don't care if you want to want to want to pay off your debt. I don't even care if you got some altruistic, which is a fancy word for being kind. If you got some altruistic endeavor, you know you want to start a food bank or you want to open a homeless shelter. Guess what? In this world, it take money. I don't care if you want to start a ministry. Guess what? It take money. This out blowing right now, Greystone gonna send me a bill for it, amen? And I can't go to Greystone and say, let there be light. They gonna say, let there be a disconnect notice. It takes money, amen? 
It, it, it takes money, but see that. So, so it's, it's not that we that we try to get away from thinking about money as Christians. That's not what. That's not what is here. Because you, we have to think about it. It's a part of our life, and and I don't want you to think about it from a guilt or a condemnation standpoint. Again, that's why I'm not saying I'm not even starting this off with a giving thing. Pastor I ain't asking you for your money. I'm trying to get something to you. What I'm trying to do is shift your whole thought process about this thing that we call money. See, money is not that thing that you have in your pocket. It's not that dollar bill that you have. You, 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 you don't believe me? Because, see, there are people right now that can move millions and trillions of dollars and never have anything in their pockets. Mm -hmm. right. See, a poor man can have a dollar, but a rich man have nothing. You see what I'm saying? But because the green thing, that's just an attachment. That's just a tangible item. But money, if you don't get anything else, money is a spirit. Yes. Money is something that flows. That's why it's called currency. Oh. It either flows to you or it flows away from you. But that's why they call it currency. It's called currency. So again, my passion for this series is to transform the way we think about money as Christians. Because I know we all love to quote that scripture that says, the wealth of the wicked, help me out, is laid up for who? The righteous. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Amen? Or in some translations say the wealth of the sinners is laid up for the righteous. Well, the thing is, it's laid up. Meaning it's put away. Meaning that it ain't just an automatic transfer. See, I know that the prosperity gospel came out and they talked about the, the transfer of wealth and order. No, nowhere in that scripture does it say that. It says the wealth of the wicked is laid up. When you lay things away, lay up, you, you put them away. And, and I, I kept asking God, well, why is it put away? Why is it laid up? Why doesn't it say the wealth of the wicked is transferred to the righteous? It could have very well said that. But it said the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And I said, well, God, why, why is it laid up? Why is it not immediately transferred? Because money is what? A currency. So why is it immediately transferred? God says it's not immediately transferred because even though the, the, wicked, the wicked have it, but the righteous can't receive it because they don't know how to manage it. You got to get your mind right. Now, isn't it interesting in that verse that the wealth of the wicked? So, to me, it says that the, the wicked know something that we don't know. Because they already have it. So, why is it that we don't have it? But remember I said at the beginning, money is not the issue. Money is not the issue. If you don't get nothing else out of this, just know one thing. Lack of money is not your issue. There is no such thing as a lack of money. That is a created illusion. That's why they create dollar bills so that you can have the illusion of lack. Because if you don't have a certain amount or a stack in your pocket, then you feel like you are lacking something. That is an illusion because the best things in this world don't cost you nothing. So money is not an issue. Money is not an issue. It's not that we don't have to think about money less. We need to think about money differently. That's why Paul said in Romans 12 that what we have to renew our mind daily. We need to renew our minds 
daily, daily about this thing called money, daily about this thing called currency. See, the answer to is not to, to, to somehow stop thinking about money, to, to somehow like, I, I'm gonna keep my mind off of it. You can't, everything you do, when you leave here today, you gonna do something that costs you money. You got bills waiting on you. You got things waiting on you that's gonna cost you money. So you can't stop thinking about what? Money. But see what it is, we need to think about money like God does. Like God does. Pastor Paul alluded to it in the in the in the beginning, but the Bible has five hundred verses on money. No. On prayer. It says less than five hundred on faith. But for the money, it says that the Bible has, and I and I forgot to bring it, but there's a book called The Word on Finances, which is it's kind of like the promise book I gave them. But all it is is scripture verses that has that talks about money and possessions. How many verses do you think it is in the Bible that talks about money? Verses. I'm not talking about words, I'm talking about verses. No, it's two thousand verses. That talk about money. Over 2,000. Larry Burkett, the one who I'm talking about, he put it together, you know, Crown Ministries. He put the, he put the word of finances on together and he found over 2,000 verses talking about money. Those 2,000 verses, if you put them together in his own Bible, it would be bigger than the, than the New Testament by itself. That's how much God talks about money. That's how much God desires for us to be financially secure, to be financially fit in our mind. Like Brother L said, to get our mind right. See, this series is not about getting more or saving more or getting more money or, or even giving more money. It's about having a different way of thinking about money. Because, see, financial advice can come from everywhere. Where, where to save, you, you can get plenty of stuff. Even, you know, the, the banks. I, I get stuff from Wells Fargo all the time. You know, where to save, how to save. They come up with a little program where, you know, if you spend this, then we can save a little bit on the side as you spend, the roundup and all that kind of stuff. You know, and, and definitely there's plenty of advice on how to spend your money. They call commercials. You know, so there's no problems on, on, and you know, and even on how to give your money. You know, but, but the thing is, is how do you manage? See, there, there's three things that you're gonna do with, with your money. Three things. One is spend your money, save your money, and give your money. And not necessarily in that order. Those are the three things that you always gonna do with your money. Here's one that this is, I'm gonna throw in here for free. This one ain't gonna cost you nothing. I, I heard this guy told me years ago, and, I, and I've been living with, with that, living off this for a long time. But the right order, the, the, the formula for wealth, the formula for success or financial success is to give, save, and spend. Give, save, spend. Now there's some numbers associated with that, but I don't want to go into that right now. But but just know that that's the that's the that's the formula, and it's in that order: give, save, spend. But the bottom line is those three things are are encompassed by what we call stewardship. You're gonna manage what you spend. You're gonna manage what you give. You're gonna manage what you save. What am I saying? You either 
Ain't gonna give nothing, or you're gonna give something. You either gonna spend something, or you're not gonna spend something. You either gonna say something, or you're not gonna say something. But all of those decisions are made how? Off the, not off the advice that we receive, but by the voices in our head. Most persuasive financial voice is the voice in our head. And, and we develop that mindset over years. That's why this is such a hard message because, because what I'm doing is, is God is sending me like a pioneer to, to go through the jungle and wipe out some of the thought processes that may be entrenched, that may be ingrained. We're talking about strongholds here. But that's why it says that, 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 that the word of God is here, that, that our weapons are not carnal but are mighty for bringing down the strongholds. Amen. And because see, the, the, the thing is is that, that no matter how we think about money, it, it has developed over time. You either saw how your how your mama did it, your daddy did it, you said I'm going to be like them or I'm not going to do like them. You, you saw how your friends did, you said I'm going to be like them or I'm not going to be like them. Whatever it is, there, there's a voice in your head that helps you to manage every decision you make financially. But in that comes the flaw. What's the flaw, Pastor? The fundamental flaw is everything boils down to our decision making. All our decisions boil down to what is best for me. What is best for me? Every financial decision you make, you make it with that in mind. Whether you realize it or aware of that or not. You don't believe me? That, why? That, that selfishness is a part of every financial decision we make? It is. And I, and I know that's a hard thing to, to hear, but the truth is the truth. See, I'm not dealing with honesty right now. Honesty is about your feelings. Truth is the fact. Truth is we make every decision because it, is it best for me? Here, here's an example. When, you, when you're evaluating a job and you're looking at the job that is about to hire you, you're asking them what? How much does it make? How many days off do I get? And, and what's, the, what's the benefits and all that? Aren't every one of those decisions, how is it good for you? How much, how much are you going to pay me? Meaning, what's in it for me? How many days do I get off? What's in it for me? Every decision we make is, it, you know, what, what, what kind of car do you want to buy? You know, how is it going to make me feel? You see what I'm saying? So it, every decision we make, it, it, it can be, be selfishly motivated. Even giving, believe it or not. Some people give selfishly. What do you mean, Pastor? Some people give so they can be seen giving. You know, the, you know the ones they go out, they do stuff for people, and they post it all on Facebook. And, and, and I get it because you do need to make known what you're doing so other people can help out. I understand that, but but we also know that some people just do it as a photo op. You know, they get by the homeless person and be like selfie. You know. And, 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 and it, to, to feel good. So even giving can be a selfish financial decision. And, and none of that is how God thinks about money. None of that. Remember, we're talking about stewardship. What did we say at the beginning? Everything is what? God's. Everything belongs to God. Turn to your Bible in Matthew. Because you said, cause I know I hear somebody say, Pastor, you said you're going to talk about some scripture. You've been saying stuff. <laughs> it's all scripture. <laughs> it's all scripture. I, I am the scripture, so I can't talk nothing but that. Amen. And I don't say that cockiness, because y'all are the scripture too, whether you realize it or not. Don't get mad at me, because I understand the truth <laughs> of who I am. 
Amen. Y'all are too. Amen. Y'all are too. It, it, it just should come up out of you. It don't have to always have a verse and a chapter with it. Amen. It's the principle of a thing. Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at verse. Uh, let's look at verse. Start at verse 19. Matthew chapter 6 verse 19. Because we're talking about stewardship. It says, do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. He's saying everything here is basically temporary. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. Now I want to catch that verse right there because that's where a lot of people will teach you that it's okay to be in poverty. Because they like, it's okay, you're going to get yours on the by and by. No, that ain't what they're saying at all. God is just saying, I'm trying to redirect your focus on things that are eternal. It doesn't mean that you ain't supposed to, to live live a blessed life here because he came to give us life and life more abundantly. He, but he's saying, I don't want that to be your focus. And in verse 21, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's what brings the whole thing into context. He said, don't store up yourself treasures on earth because you, you put your focus on all the temporary stuff. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. He said, don't. He said, but store up, your, store up your treasure on things that are eternal. Heaven is eternal. He said, store up your things there. Store up your trust. Store up your faith there. Because thieves can't break in and steal it when it's there. He says, why? For where your treasure is. There, your heart will be also. Remember I said that if you want to really know a man, look at his checkbook and his calendar. Amen? Because where his treasure is, that's where his heart is. There, there's nothing like money to reveal your priorities. Because again, money is never the issue. Money is never the issue. You know why I say that? Because you have the same people who will complain about spending $100 on, on a, a, a education program for their child, but they'll go and spend $200 on the new Jordans for their child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Money is not the issue. Money is not the issue. Because I guarantee you, if you really want it, you're going to come up with the money. Even crackheads do that. They don't have nothing in their pocket, but if they want that rock, they gonna come up with a way to get the money. Money is never the issue. Money is not the issue. How you think about the money is the issue. How you focus on the money is the issue. Your understanding of the money is the issue. The, 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 your money and how you spend it reveals your priorities. How God thinks about money is what we need to do. Stewardship, stewardship. Get that word in you. Stewardship is just a fancy word for managing, managing, managing what does not belong to you. Breakthrough moment. It don't belong to you. Nothing belongs to you. That's why he's saying that in that verse right there, store up your treasures, not any earthly things, because don't none of this stuff he'll belong to you. He said, store up your treasure for heaven, because that's what belongs to you. We just here on what? Borrow time. The, our time don't even belong to us. 
So if your time don't even belong to you, because right now, it's people right now leaving here. Every second, every second, somebody's leaving here. And I'm not talking about philosophically and, 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 and figuratively. I'm saying literally, right now, somebody just died. Literally. Literally. We are on borrowed time. Our time don't even belong to us. So our money definitely can't. See, if you don't get nothing else out of this whole series, shift your thinking on that. The money in your pocket, the money in your bank account, the money on your job don't belong to you. That's why I don't worry about if jobs is handing off layoff notes and all that kind of stuff because they are just a resource. That money don't belong to them. Everything belongs to God. And as long as I'm connected to God, I'm going to get into the currency. I'm going to get into the flow of what God has for me. You don't believe in somebody like, it is my money. I earn it. I make it. Everything is mine. Well, in Ecclesiastes, they would, they would go against you. Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon, the one who's one of the richest ones in the world, he said that naked I come and naked I go. Paul said in Timothy, you can't take nothing with you. I mean, you think about it. The world richest man in the world, in the world Bill Gates, worth probably, I think, at, the, at last I looked at it, I think he was worth probably about uh, 50, 60 billion dollars. When he died, what of that will he take? So what really belongs to him? Does the $50 million house belong to him? Does the whatever millions of dollars worth of cars, do they really belong to him? Because if it all belonged to you, then you could take it with you. What's yours, you could take it with you. But no, all that stuff is temporary. Why? Because the cars will end up in junkyard. The houses will dilapidate, will not take care. Everything that we have would disintegrate. Clothes get raggedy. Cars get raggedy. Houses get raggedy. Everything is temporary. Even time itself. You can't take it with you. We have to be stewards of what we have. God has placed us to be stewards, to be managers. We, 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 we are nothing but stewards. We're nothing but managers. We are to oversee what God has given us temporarily. Turn to Genesis chapter 39. I hope y'all are getting this. Genesis chapter 39. And I, I know it's an uncomfortable thing because it's uncomfortable for me to do it because, you know, I don't, me and Pastor Paul, we've always been there. It's like we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, ever come off as those types that, that's trying to, you know, get in people's pockets and, you know, and do all that. And, and we honestly are that way, you know, because I've I, I walked out of places when they start doing them, them offering lines and all that kind of foolishness because I don't believe in that junk. That, that, that's foolishness. There's no blessing in that. God ain't no lotto machine. You stick something in and pull the slot and the stuff pop out. It don't work that way. We're going to talk about that later, but I just had to address that right now because it just, it just don't work like that. We are stewards over what God has given us. Look at, I said, what, Genesis chapter 39? And, and this is the story of Joseph. Let's look at, um, let's look at, let's look at, um, Let's look at, let's start at um, verse 2. Because we already know that basically Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. It says in verse 2, uh, the, um, 
Genesis 39, verse 2. It says, the Lord was with Joseph. That's very key right there. The Lord was with Joseph. How many know it's better to have God with you than the money? I know they put in God we trust on the back of the dollar, you know, but but I'd much rather have the God than the dollar. Amen? Because if I got God, he's going to show me where the dollar's at. The Lord was with Joseph. And if you don't believe it, it says it right now. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. It didn't say that the money was with Joseph and he became, it says the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him. See, people in the, even in the world, they'll start seeing something about you. And the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. See, hands, that shows you that, that we're managing something. We're, we're overseeing something. So Joseph found favor, verse 4. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he, talking about Potiphar, made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. This is just a, a symbolism of who we are. God is our master, our Lord, and our Savior. And he has put us in charge over all that he has. We all agree that everything belongs to God. Everything on earth is, is his. So all we're really doing is managing what he's gave. And see, when you were able to shift your mind from an owner to just a manager. I know it feels good to be an owner. And they tell, everybody tells you, you, you got to be an owner. But God says, no, it's mine. You, you can't own what's mine. You, you, you just, you're just a manager of what, what is mine. You're just a manager of what is mine. And it says that Joseph made him an overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. In verse 5, from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. What is he saying? If you manage properly, blessings come. See, money is not the issue. Money is not the issue. Lack of money is not the issue. Too much money is not even the issue. The, the issue is, how are you managing? How are you managing? It says the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and the field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. That's talking about Potiphar. Potiphar, what is it saying right there? It's saying that, that Joseph ran everything so properly, so well, that, that Potiphar didn't have to worry about nothing but what he was going to put in his mouth. How many of us can God say that about? The people that I sent to this earth, they manage what I've given them so well that I ain't got to worry about nothing. They manage their time so well. They manage their, their, their talents so well. That's why we say the declaration. I hope that makes sense now that we worship God and I'll give of our time, talent, and treasure because God is saying we have to manage those things. All those things work together symbolically to, to, to make us to successful people what God is willing us to do. He says that, that Joseph, the house of Potiphar was blessed because of what Joseph did. Well, the house of God can be blessed because of what we do with our money. With our money. The, with, the real job of being a steward is our faithfulness. Are we faithful managers of what God has given us to manage? Or do we just run through it? 
What do I mean by that? Let's make it practical, Pastor. Do, are you faithful managers of your money or do you live paycheck to paycheck? And I'm not talking about paycheck to paycheck because, because you, you know, things may have gotten out of hand and you you hitting bad times or, or you come out of, you know, come off of a long unemployment stand. No, I'm talking about paycheck to paycheck because you just, you refuse not to live beyond your means. Are we being faithful with what God has given us? Truly faithful. That, that, that's a question that we have to look at and examine for ourselves. Are we truly being faithful with everything that God, I don't care if he bless you with a penny, are you being faithful with it? Because again, money is not the issue. Uh, uh, a man with a penny can have the same issue and problem with money as a man with $10,000. I remember working at, at this one job and I had a manager, she was actually a director, and I know that most directors at that particular company made six-figure salaries, at least 105 or better. And here this woman, every pay, pay period, just about, she coming around to the people in, on the floor asking, Tom, do we get paid today? <laughs> and, and in my mind, I'm like, why would a person who make that much money even have to wonder when they get paid? You should have enough that, that you forget when you get paid. Whereas on the flip side of that, it was this guy who used to work there. Everybody looked at him. He was kind of crazy looking. You know, one of them dudes that you didn't want to find in the garage by yourself because he kind of looked like that, you know. And his hair was all, he never combed his hair. It was all over his head. He drove one of them vans that you wouldn't want to walk by because you, you get snatched in. It was raggedy, you know, it backfired, you know, so you turn it. You know, he didn't dress all that good. But I say all that to say is, well, I had the one person on this side, hundred some thousand dollars a year, wondering when we get paid. Mm -hmm. This dude didn't even cash three paychecks. Mm -hmm. He got called to HR because they was like, when you gonna cash these checks? It had been like six months and he hadn't cashed them. Mm -hmm. Something is different. Yeah. Somebody managing a little bit better than the other. So see, money is not the issue. Money is not the issue. It's our faithfulness in what we manage. Turn to Luke chapter 12. Money is not the issue. Luke chapter 12. I'm going to have some breakthrough for somebody. We're going to have testimony out of this. Amen. I'm declaring it right now in the name of Jesus. Luke chapter 12. I'm almost done here. Luke chapter 12. Let's look at verse, uh, Luke chapter 12. Let's look at verse, uh, let me get down, let me see first here. What I want to look at. I had one down, but I think I want to see this. Yeah, let, let's start at verse, verse uh, 41. <coughs> and just to give a background, this Peter's getting ready to ask Christ a question about the parable that he just talked about. And the parable he talked about was, was basically, you know, being prepared, you know, to have the master's house being prepared for, you know, for when um when the, when when the, uh, when he returns and so on and so forth. So Peter in verse 41 says, Peter said, Lord, are you, are you telling this parable for, for us? Or for all? Key question right there. Is it, is it just for us or is it for all? In verse 42, it says, And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager? Steward. 
whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time. Verse 43, blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. What is, what is he talking about, so doing? Managing stuff properly. Managing what he's been, 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 been set over properly. In verse 44, truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to him, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, meaning you're just doing whatever you want to do. Verse 46, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and in an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. What is he saying right there? If you're not faithful with what, what I put, over, put, put you in charge over, then, then I'm going to cut you up and put you over there with the people who just as unfaithful as you've been. Those are powerful words. And them words in red. You know, for folks who, who, who see power in them red words, they all read to me, but Jesus you know. Said Jesus said it. He said, the master, if you're not faithful with what God has given you, what he's put you in faith with, then, then he's going to put you with the unfaithful. In verse 47, and it says, and that servant who knew his master will, but did not get ready or act accordingly to his will, will receive a severe beating. Make that practical, pastor. When you ain't managing your money right, you just get severely beat. Don't you? You know, things, 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 you know, be late charges, that's a beating. High interest because your credit bad, that's a beating. You see what I'm saying? So, so it's practical. Managing your money and, 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 and being the right steward over your money, but it's all from the mindset of first understanding that God is all yours. See, when you get to that point, you say it's all yours, then you're able to ask the next question of, how do you want me to direct this? Because I've said that money is a currency. Money is a spirit. But guess what? We are speaking spirits. So we can, the, sub, the spirits are subject to us. That money is subject to you. Don't let money tell you what to do. You tell it what to do. Every dollar that comes into your possession, think about that, that comes into your possession, not it possesses you, but into your possession, then you have to tell it what, what to do. Because if you don't speak to that thing, it's going to talk to you. Tell it, Pastor. That is the truth. In verse 48, he says, but the one who did not notice and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. And here's the cliche verse that everybody knows. It says, everyone, everyone to whom much is given, of much, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. What is he saying right there? To whom much is given, much is required. You're, you're given much. I don't care what your paycheck say. We already declared at the beginning that we already in the top 50% of the richest people in this world. So it ain't about your money. You got much. You got much. If you go in and get in a car and drive back to a house, you have much. If you're going back, if you get in a car, going to a house and getting something to eat, you got much. If you're going in a car 
stopping on the way to your house at a restaurant to go out to eat, you got a whole lot. You got it. Money is not the issue, but we have to understand, God, how do I direct my money? I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. This is stuff I'm, I'm, I'm teaching out of what I've been through. Because I was the same one messed up with, with my money. I wasn't managing it properly. And that same job I was talking about, I remember I remember making, I was making some decent money. How much I was making don't matter, but I was making enough to pay the car note that I got repossessed. It was a $300 car note, and I got the car repossessed. Wow. But at the same time, I, 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 I'm seeing the girls walking around there who making half of what I'm making getting ready to buy houses. Same land, different results. See, we all walking in the same promised land, but some of us coming back with grapes and other us coming back empty-handed. How is that? How is that? Because of what we managing, because of our mind, getting our mind right. We're going to have to give an account to this. Just like Jesus, he had to give an account. He, in one of his last prayers, he said, Father God, I, I ask that you glorify me because all the ones that you gave me, I, 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 have, I, have, I have returned them back to you. I have finished my work. We got to give an account to how we manage. You don't believe it? Let's make it practical. Real quickly here. Make it practical. Imagine if somebody was managing your money. Like you got a, a stock broker. You got some of us have four one Ks or 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 school teachers the five one one three I mean not five one three but the four one Bs and all that. But but anyway some somebody's managing your money. Or if you can't even understand it, just just say the same I'm managing your, your money. Say for instance you get paid and, and you give me your check. Right? Aren't there some things that you reasonably go expect of me in managing your money? First of all, you expect me what? Not to steal it. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yes. You're going to expect me to, to have it when you come for it. Right? You're going to expect me to manage it properly. Yes. Amen? You, you're not going to expect me to be like Bernie Madoff, you know, and, and take it all in. And when you come back, be like, oh, well, what had happened was... No. So you're not going. You're not going to take no what had happened was. You give me a thousand dollars a day, and you come back next week, and I'll be like, "Well, you know what had happened was that that that's not an excuse, but that's what we keep doing to God. That's what we keep doing with, to God when God comes back for 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 His money, and we say, "Well, what had happened was." And see, it ain't always about giving. See, that's what I'm saying. Because as soon as I said that, I could hear, if it ain't y'all spirit, it might be in the atmosphere because I'm recording. But, but it's just that, well, you know, God coming back, you talking about the money. No, what if God is calling you to open a kingdom business? But because you love them, them, them $200 pair of shoes all the time that you can't save up for the kingdom business that God is calling you to open. So when God comes back and say, where my kingdom business at? Well, what had happened was, I'm walking on them. I'm wearing them. I'm driving them. I'm turning up with them. You see what I'm saying? What had happened was, see, it ain't always about giving. God can, God can come back and say, you know, where's my, where's my kingdom book? You got that book in you that you need to release because it needs to save my people. Where is it? Oh, Jesus. 
I, I, I need you to take some time off of work for, for the next six months and, and, and write this book and get it out of you. Well, God, I can't take off six months because I got bills to pay. What had happened was because you just can't cut off that cable because you got to look at the reality shows every week. What had happened was that cable bill, what, $150, $200 a month, that, that go your time off. That go your vacation. Because God said, I need you to go to this foreign country. I need you to travel. See, it ain't always about giving. <laughs> He said, I need you to go travel so that you can see how these people live because you're going to learn something when you go there that you're going to be able to bring back and it's going to change your whole thinking and then you're going to be able to change other people's thinking. But I need you to be able to go. Amen. Well, God, I ain't got no money. What had happened was, you see what I'm saying? God is going to call into account. He is going to call into account every single thing that we do, every single decision that we make with our finances. Lastly, turn to Luke 16 right here. Luke 16. I told you, see, it ain't about, it's just not just about giving. We don't, we as pastors, we don't have to always focus on, on money when it comes to giving. God is saying, I need you to be good stewards. I need you to be good managers because there's kingdom work to be done. And work requires resources. Yes. And most of the time in this world, resources is money. Period. It, it just is. Uh, do we want it to be that way? No. Do we like it to be that way? No. But it is. That's the truth of the matter. And how we handle it, how we control it, how we manage it is very important. Luke chapter 16. Because we ran 12. So look at 16. Let me get that with you. Luke 16, and we finishing up. Because this is here's the here's your breakthrough that you've been waiting on. This this gonna do something for you right here. Cause when I saw this, it, it blessed me. And I, I done looked at this a few times, but when I was studying, I was like, ooh, good gracious alive. That's some that's some good stuff right here. That was some good eating right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm old. I, I, I was around old people when I was growing up. It's all good, amen. Luke 16. Uh-huh. Um, is it 16? Yeah, let me see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, here it is. Luke 16, verse 10. Because it was reading kind of the same way, so it threw me off. Luke 16, verse 10. It says, Luke 16, 10. It says, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. It ain't about the money, y'all. It ain't about how much you got. He said, one who is faithful in a little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. Remember, wealth of the wicked is what? Laid up for the righteous. Why is it laid up? Because we ain't ready. Like brother said, you got to get your mind right. He said, because you dishonest with the little bitch you got now. Well, I'm going to turn some more stuff over to you. You won't do kingdom work with what you got now. Well, I'm going to turn some more over to you. Verse 11. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches? Some translations say if you hadn't been, if you, if you been, if you not been faithful with, with the money, with, with the riches of this world. <coughs> Think about that. God said, you, you can't even, 
You can't even be faithful with this unrighteous stuff. You can't even be faithful with your money. Then who going to trust you with true riches? Well, what's the true riches, God? Verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who would give you that which is your own? See, what is God saying right there? Where is the breakthrough you were talking about, Pastor? See, the promise is not to reward us financially. That's not what this scripture is talking about. The prosperity gospel took the scripture and they ran with it. You know, if you're faithful with a little, God going to bless you with money. You know, if you give a little, God going to multiply it. You know, then they find all the scriptures, you know, tenfold, thirtyfold, hundredfold, all that stuff. You know, the slot machine guy, you know, you sitting there like you in Las Vegas in church. You know, pulling it down, running around the church three times. You know, you put in 10, you get out a 1,000, all that. That's not what he's talking about. The promise is not to reward us financially. What Christ is saying right here, he, he, so he's teaching the surprising truth that God uses our stewardship to determine how much he can trust us spiritually. He's using how we handle money to determine how much he can trust us with the things of the spirit. Boom. That's mind-blowing to me. I don't know about y'all, but that blew my mind. God, you telling me, don't believe me? Go right back there and look at it. It says it in verse 11. Find another translation if you don't like what that one said. Verse 11. Oh, I read it at the New American Standard. It says, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to the true riches to you? He says, if you, if you won't manage what, this unrighteous stuff, if you won't manage this, this money, then who going to trust you with the true stuff? Who going to trust you with the, with the things of the spirit that I'm trying to reveal to you? In New Living Translation, and if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? God is saying, I'm using your stewardship financially to determine how much I can trust you spiritually. Jesus is saying right there that God is testing our financial stewardship to determine if he can trust us spiritually with the ministry privileges that last forever. Can I trust you with the temporary stuff so that I can get you the eternal stuff? See, he doesn't, he doesn't say that the, 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 see, the way that we manage money is never about the worldly possessions. It's about how we manage them. He says that the way we manage whatever amount of money or worldly possession we have is really a spiritual test. How are you managing what's in your hands? How are you managing what you have? How are you managing what you have? Isn't that something that... But that's why, God, that's why we relax in the fact that it all belongs to God. Because guess what? Even though it's a test, even though it's a test on how we manage our money, will determine how much spiritually we are elevated, God allows us to pass the test. Why? Because it all belongs to him. And if it all belongs to him, he will direct it for us. So it's a rigged test. It's a winning test. God, this is your money. Show me how to manage it. Okay, I'm going to manage it the way you said. Order my steps. Okay, I did that. Now, God, reveal to me the greater spiritual things that you have for me. We can't lose. We can't lose. That's why he say, lean not to your own understanding, but in all 
all, 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 all. That means your money too. All your ways, acknowledge him. See how much we have, and see this is another prosperity message that I want to break through. He says that, that how much we have is not an indication of our spirituality. See, they 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 tricked us with that. It was you know, if God's blessing you, know they got a new car, they got a house, they you know they must be faithful. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh-uh. The wealth of the wicked, uh-huh. wicked folks blessed too. The enemy they got a, they got a God Luigi that can bless them with stuff too. That's why I'm focused on TV. I like to thank God. Which one you thanking? Because <laughs> the music and the stuff you do don't line up with the God I know. So uh-huh. which one you really thanking? Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, but 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 we we took that the the, the, the worldly possessions and, and we, we attributed that to spiritual faith and said, well, if if you if you ain't got a Bentley and you ain't got a mansion and if you ain't got a hundred thousand dollars, then you must not be faithful. No, that's not what this scripture is even talking about. How much we have is not an indication of our spirituality. What is the indication of our spirituality? How well do we manage what we have? It ain't what you make, it's what you spend. That's an old adage, an old cliche. It ain't how much you make, it's how much you spend. Is how much you spend. See, every financial decision then means that what? It comes down to a spiritual decision. And I'm closing right there. But every, 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 I'm not talking about some, every financial decision is a spiritual decision. Everyone, when I used to do financial counseling, biblical financial counseling with people and do advising with people, it's funny. I had this one person, and I'm finished right there, but I had this one person who had an issue with spending money. They they just they would go and spend money, they would go to the casinos and do all that. And, and, and when I really sit down with them and I prayed to God and I was looking at their finances and everything, and God gave me the discernment and insight, and I told him, I said, You got a lust problem. And they was like, because see, they never about the money. Every financial decision, if you don't get nothing else out of all I just gave you, every financial decision is a spiritual decision. And he's like, I got a lust problem. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not fornicating. I don't do all that and this, that. Lust ain't always say. Lust is everything you lay your eyes on, you want. That's right. So once you get that under control, then guess what? Your finances will come under control. See, we can relax in the fact that God says that everything is his. Relax in that. Leave today knowing that it's not that job that you want. It ain't theirs. It ain't that money they, they paying you. That's not theirs. It's not even yours. It's God. God is the source. God is the source. God is the source. Everything flows from him. God is the source. And think about it. God is an infinite God. God is like a tsunami. And how many know if you're in the middle of a tsunami, it don't take much to get wet. You ain't got to try to get wet in a tsunami. You just got to be there. 